Tiberius, you kidding me? No, that's the worst. Let's name him after your dad. Let's, let's call him Jim. Sweetheart, can you hear me? I love you so much. I love you. Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. We are back in our final installment discussing Star Trek conventions. Yay! That's uh, the effervescent David Cohen. We used to say I'm the present. Which do you prefer? You changed that. And ch- now you say effervescent, I feel like I have to be effervescent. That's, that's but it works. It gets, me, it gets me interested in something I have no interest in. So, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of I'm the present, when we discuss Star Trek conventions, Michael Wiener is here, as is uh, Dr. Richard Richter and Dr. Wiener. Both uh, attended the Star Trek conventions in the past and this one in particular in uh, Vegas with me. Right. Can I just ask you guys a question? Do you have any patience at all? Because you're, you're here the third time now talking about this stuff. Is your practice just going down the tubes or what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there was traffic in here, but uh, it, it's, uh, some things uh, come first. Michael has more patience than anyone that I know. A different kind of patience. Yes, I got it. All of this. David, that was very, very funny. What? Your statement. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We should have these guys here every week. Which I mean, state- we have had them here Wait, every which week. Which statement was that? Douglas, you funny. didn't tell me I David was humor. a funny guy. I was <laughs> being sarcastic, ah, Douglas. I was being okay. sarcastic. And I knew he was being sarcastic. All right, we're, I missed we're the whole thing. Although I, what I didn't miss was the significance of that clip, which was from the first J.J. Abrams uh, album. See, I'm trying to divert the subject matter away, <laughs> and you're bringing it right back. I just thought that Star- – still think that Star Trek still has relevance today. I think J.J. Abrams' movies have, have been wonderful. I think the beginning of the first movie set the tone with his f- feeling to it. There's also – a a nod to the past, if you talk about Tiberius being the middle name and uh, of James Tiberius Kirk and so forth. So I, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I think Star Trek is alive and well. They're coming on the 50th anniversary. This, I believe, next year will be the 50th anniversary of the broadcast of the first Star Trek episode. We're on 45 years of conventions, uh, and that's what we're discussing today. Some of what is the attraction to a Star Trek convention to someone like myself is not only everything we just spoke about uh, in the last two over the last two weeks in terms of autographs and photographs and costumes and set pieces, but um, I'm interested in and have a lot of fun listen, listening to some of the presentation by the actors on stage. We talked about there's a main room that can seat I don't know the number, but I'm going to say ten thousand people, a huge amount of people, um, and they fill that room with speeches from the various, uh, you know, guests. Um, I I really want to capture, before we get into a live presentation, uh, Richard's angst and discussion that he has about these uh, questions, because the format is where these people take stage and they're asked questions by the fans. So let's just hear a little bit about what, what went on this time. They need somebody to screen these people coming up and asking the questions because uh, they're insane, some of them. Douglas, I remember the Chocolate Man um, especially. When he came up to Kate Mulgrew. He said how he, he followed her to all the different conventions. He bordered on being a stalker. But I also remember another person would bring up their, their uh, in, in sort of a, a wheelbarrow, if you will, their two pet dogs and wanted to introduce them. Today, there was a group of people 
people in costume. They were very nice costumes. But they asked David Warner to, to bless their baby. And it wasn't even a real baby. It was a toy baby. What a, a complete waste of time. <laughs> you hear that angst and aggravation from the gold member himself, the gold ticket holder. I admit it, Douglas. I was uh, reaching a level of frustration out <laughs> <laughs> knows no bounds. <laughs> and, and so some, sometimes the presentations are wonderful. Sometimes they invoke that. Although I want to go to and follow up on that blessing. Was that blessing ever ever uh, done? Uh, you know, I, I don't remember. All I remember is we wanted to hear David Weller. He had a limited amount of time on stage. We wanted some reasonable questions of interest to the general audience there. And these people completely wasted the time. Actually, the blessing was from Carl Urban. Let's see if we... Uh, yes, it was Carl, that. yes. We have traveled far with Nibiru, and we were there on the day of Great Awakening when the ship arose from the waters. And I wanted to <laughs> ask you if you would mind blessing my baby. We think it's the chosen one. Yes, indeed. Uh, I would just like to say uh, I was never on uh, that planet. I'd like to disavow any knowledge of that. But I'm happy to bless your baby. I bless this baby. Very good. Let's give these Nibiru's a hand. That, that's just total insanity. Talk about insanity. What was Keith Urban doing there? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> Carl Urban. Carl Urban. He's Who's the Carl Dr. Urban? McCoy of the new J.J. J. Oh, Abrams. okay. Dr. McCoy. Uh, yes. All right. You have to put it in plain speak for people like me. Well, that's not a problem. That's why you're here, to, to, to bring us down to earth back from the, uh, the Netherlands. But you Thank know, you for letting me experience that whole thing again, Douglas. <laughs> I know you love that. Uh, what, other than that, the topics that usually are discussed are the meaning of uh, Star Trek and the stories or their participation in the, in the roles and how it, it came about, or some life advice, some people like that. Uh, just, just, you know, the, the stars talk about that. So there is some fun that, that's had and some nice... Uh, um, point of view that's presented, but I also would suggest that there's a, a li- undercurrent of a literary um, tradition in Star Trek, at least uh, going back to the original show and maybe the next generation. Um, let's listen to a little clip about um, and bringing us to um, some some literature, some class, some culture to Star Trek that we we've heard in the past. So that that was the original Gregory Peck in the original Moby Dick, uh, Ricardo Montalban in Wrath of Khan. I throw that out there for, as a discussion point. If anybody, do you feel there's any significance, any literary significance to Star Trek at all? Michael? You're putting me on the spot here. I'm not really sure. Well, let's see if then if we can convince you with one more clip. He piled upon the whale's white helm, the sum of all the rage and hate felt by his whole race. If his chest had been a cannon, he would have shot his heart upon it. Ahab spent years hunting the white whale that crippled him in quest for vengeance. But in the end, it destroyed him. So there, there is a undercurrent, I'm going to suggest. Uh, you can find many clips to old um, works of art, old literature throughout Star Trek. What does Captain Picard do at the end of almost uh, every episode in his room? 
He's reading a, a hardcover book. We can't say it on the air. <laughs> he's reading a hardcover book, and his he 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 does an homage. He's to, in his room alone at the end of every episode. Remember, we're talking about the fun and adventure of Star Trek. I'm sure he was too. <laughs> I've basically rendered all of these three speechless with this argument. I think they were rendered speechless before that, but okay. Uh, let's hear if we can remember what Star Trek's all about. Second start of the ride, and straight on till morning. We will be back right after the commercials to discuss more about the substance of what these actors are telling us. Uh, when we're at a Star Trek convention, and more specifically the Las Vegas convention 2014. And everything old is new again. Come on back, and for a few short moments, we will enjoy with you. Hi, this is Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor, and you're listening to Everything Old is New Again. How do you like that? Sounds like Paul McCartney. Yeah, it does. It's Paul McGann, the Eighth Eighth Doctor. Doctor, um, Of the Doctor Who fame. And we did uh, as a... uh, a triumvirant, me, you, and and our uh, sometimes uh, friend Chris Solger, uh, producer, right. came on board, and and I say sometimes, and that is sometimes on the show, and uh, we went to the Doctor Who convention recently in Long Island, and we'll have to do a show about that coming up. A lot of fun. Three shows or one? Just like we're no, doing we'll for Star Trek? No, we'll probably just, probably just do one. Maybe two. Depends on the number of clips we have. Speaking ah. of clips, though, we're back to the Star Trek convention, the substance of what goes on. Let's look at the positive side and capture Richard discussing uh, the speech that he had heard uh, at the second day of the convention. From First of all, his name is pronounced um, Wong. He is so fan-friendly. Um, what a gentleman. And uh, as a speaker, he's very dynamic. Too. He, he interacts with the audience. He can be humorous at times. He has very interesting stories that uh, all behind the scene type of events that happen. So I, I think what we're saying is some of these uh, actors are on stage. So kind of simply answering questions, and that's fine. But you're hearing uh, a performance, if you will, from this Garrett Wang, almost a comedy routine. Is that, is that a fair assumption? That's very accurately stated. Oh, very nice. Nice to hear that. <laughs> It's Michael being as succinct as possible as usual. And I enjoyed that um, discussion. I enjoyed the presentation that day of Garrett Wright. Do you remember that, Michael? Yes. Um, you know, some of the actors come on and they just say, do you have any questions? And uh, that's really the lazy way out. Uh, come, pre- come prepared. Uh, tell us something that we haven't heard before. And... Um, uh, you're an actor. That's your job. They're getting paid for it, too. Yeah, exactly. Big money. And there are many times some of these characters come out and they, they don't even, they just say, hello, it's great to be here. Okay, let's take questions. You could clearly see that it's kind of rote. It's not really a, you know, an exciting event for them. And it's that's when you want to shoot yourself because right. half the questions aren't screened and they're, they're useless. Wow, we still I don't that. get that. I, but I don't get, you know, it, first of all, I think you have to be pretty blessed to be, a, you know, a working actor. Okay, at all, and then to be asked to come out and meet the fans, the people who are putting, you know, bread in your mouth, and, and just not being into it. I don't, I don't get that. And we shouldn't say that that's all of them. There are many that don't do that. We just heard about Garrett Wang. We heard about William Shatner on stage. Leonard Nimoy. These guys are consummate professionals. They have a, a show almost, an original performance of, of what's going on in their life or something that happened on Star Trek. It's it's um, it's a lot of fun. Let's let's or some some advice as to how they got a role or what they feel about the character they play. 
You know, I don't want Scotty to be a clown. I want to. I don't personally. People don't refer to Scotty as a comedy character, and I'm always like, "Why? Well, I know he's not a comedy character. He's a. And he's, there is something comic in his reaction to things. He's very kind of cynical. He's he's kind of like an ordinary guy in an extraordinary situation. That's really fun to play." So, you know, there is some significant discussion about the character themselves, which if you're into the show, you want to hear the actor, what went sure. behind their performance. Why did they do a certain thing on stage? Right. You know, so it's, it's um, it, it, it brings the fan in, the fan in, in, inside of the mindset of the actor, if you will, and you kind of have some fun being at the convention, getting information no one else really has because right. they're not at this at this event right you only know that that actor as the person you see on the screen now you get to know him right it's her. not one of these interviews on the tonight show or something where they're just doing a clip and trying to get mm. something funny yeah. and, and produce you know people to, to watch uh, you know whatever their latest performance is um so it, it's interesting besides that you don't just have actors we have uh, seen in the past um producers and writers of of the show and Brendan Braga talked about at the most recent uh, convention um, he had written and was very involved with Enterprise and other shows but Enterprise and he was talking about um, the last episode that he wrote and you know not everybody is perfect so let's um, see what he has to say the final episode of Enterprise was an idiotic move on my part I thought it would be cool to do a Valentine to all of Star Trek. It sounded good in my head. What ended up airing was really bad. It was the only time Scott Bakula ever got pissed off at me. So, I mean, you know, it's just a, a clear, like, what would you say? He's, he's just speaking without any, f- any filter. He's kind of having a, a discussion with this large audience about what he did. In this case, what he didn't feel worked. And that's totally unique no michael uh for those who know the show uh enterprise uh, starts starts got bacula who is now in uh, ncis uh, new orleans and in that last show they actually uh moved the um the timeline up to the next generation and they were just looking back at uh at the enterprise uh in uh, from the from that uh last series and uh, instead of highlighting the Enterprise crew, they were highlighting the Next Generation crew, and people thought it was insulting. But what did you feel hmm. about... Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off there. You said what, you thought it was insulting, or people did. What did you feel about, though, being at the convention and hearing the writer address these concerns? Well, there was so much controversy in the press, and uh, and, and people were upset. So it was nice that, that, that he was admitting that there was a mistake made. Yeah, and you're hearing an interaction that you're not going to hear anywhere else. I mean, that is something that I think is important to acknowledge. And this fellow's a pretty uh, well-known guy. He did uh, Cosmos. Let's hear what he has to say about that. I was so passionate about Cosmos and threw myself into it so deeply as there was some part of me that missed that Star Trek feeling. So I channeled some of that into Cosmos. So, you know, uh, at least for him, and I think some of the writers and producers of this show, they've gone on to 24, they've gone on to Cosmos, they've gone on to a lot of other shows, Terra Nova. Um, they, they're accomplished individuals, have careers unto themselves. Um, Michael, talk to us about what you feel Star Trek has in terms of its influence on our pop culture today and some television shows or, or where you see it uh, being referenced. Well, the more you know of Star Trek, the more you see the references. They, you would not even notice them if you were not a fan. Uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane is a huge fan. So in, uh, in The Family Guy, you're, you're, he, you're, there are references all the time. And in fact, he brought the, uh, 
the whole cast of The Next Generation back you know, well after the series ended and, and did a, uh, a show with him. The Big Bang Theory, uh, not only have Star Trek characters been in the show, uh, Will Wheaton has a recurring role, nice. um, but they're always making Star Trek references. The Sheldon character, who is a very Spock-like, uh, uh, is um, you know, always referencing Klingons and, uh, and Spock, and, uh, and this is one of the most popular shows on TV today. So it certainly uh, reflects the popularity of Star Trek that continues. It's interesting that the writer-producer of Cosmos, which is a significantly serious show, um, talked about his, his participation in that was influenced by his experience with Star Trek. Right. Right? David has nothing to I say. I heard that. No, I'm a... Let's try to no. get you to... <laughs> I'm I'm listening and I'm, I'm he's enthralled I, with it with it he is I think at some point you have to acknowledge that whether you like it or not um, Star Trek references have some fun and flip meanings like beam me up Scotty there's no intelligent life here you ever see those you know, those bumper stickers and all uh, but also there's some sig- significant deep meanings of some of what they've done yeah I was just sitting here trying to think of other current Star Trek references there's just the fact that the that they've relaunched the whole movie series and it's a it's a smash hit. Yeah, and there's a, the, they're itself. working on the third one. It's going to right. come out in 2016 for the anniversary of the 50th, uh, uh, well, the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. of the show. Um, so it's a it's a fun topic. But getting back to the uh, convention itself, um, what would you say, Richard, if you can recall, would be your most either fun or most awkward experience at all of these conventions you've gone to? Oh. Gosh, that's a tough question because we have. We've had a blast. But the thing that always stands out in my mind, Douglas, is at the Hilton, the Star Trek experience, which we were all saddened when they took that down. Uh, And then, of course, they moved to the Rio, which is a beautiful hotel. That was incredible. You actually had the experience. What is is the Star Trek? Can can you explain what that is or what it was? Douglas, could you elaborate on that for me? It it was a um, fan-friendly homage to Star Trek. But better than that, you were taken with um, the technology of the day into the ship and into an adventure um, of you know, beamed onto a, uh, a ship. You were then taken into a shuttlecraft and and done like one of these you know Disney rides and uh, flew around uh, Las Vegas. And they also had another one where the, where the next uh, the Voyager crew where, you, know, you were being attacked by Borg, and it was very lifelike as David, if you were in an episode. You stood in a room that went dark, saw flashes of light, and then when your vision came back, you were in a different room. Wow! And you never cool. knew it. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. They also had a great museum, which they had at this convention, but a terrific museum of, of pieces that we used. And really quickly, why, did it, why is it gone? Uh, don't know. Huh. Don't it, know. It was a monetary issue. Right. Uh, they want you to use the space. We'll be right back. This is new again, behind the scenes, just discussing for a moment here the, um, the Las Vegas experience. Richard, you okay? Wait, this is what I've been dealing with for this show and two shows before. This guy's addicted to these peanuts M&Ms, and he's like being in a movie theater. You know, with the guy behind you that's doing that sound? Do that sound. Do that sound. Oh, you're at a lecture? Come or on, Douglas. You hear this. I mean, could, could we just put that aside, please? Or you go to a play, and you come back from a play, you've paid $175 for this ticket, and you hear this. Some goof. Plays worse because the actors can hear it too on the stage. I mean, it's distracting them. I don't know how that happens, but that sound, it goes like for like football fields. You can hear it away. (laughs) A real professional mentally blocks these things out, like a pitcher at a major league game. Mentally is right, mentally block. 
real professional is right, too. We don't have any of those. None of those things work for us. We'll be back. Jamie McCrimmon, uh, the longest-running companion in Doctor Who, and you're listening to Everything Old is New Again, Jamie. Listen to that. It's another franchise, not Star Trek, but Doctor Who franchise, that we went to the convention and met all the, the stars. I thought it was fun and interesting. We weren't really fans of Doctor Who, so we kind of didn't really recognize if these are people that are well-known in England especially or not. But looking them up on the Internet, these are some well-accomplished individuals that had to deal with my, uh, my questions, the, the insanity. <laughs> well, of we're them. nice enough to do those, those intros for us. Exactly, which was great. Um, we're back talking about uh, Star Trek conventions and the advice that we get from some of the stars. Peter Weller, I thought, was very interesting and very um, different uh, than some of the people you see on stage. Uh, Richard was enthralled by that, and I, I got a little clip of, of him talking about it the night P- Who's after. Peter Weller, real he'll, quick? He'll tell Character? you. Character? He'll oh, tell you. All right, sorry. He didn't just address the audience about the movie career. He made a point of educating the audience, and his his persona projects just like Admiral Marcus in the movie. He, he you know, has a commanding presence. Cyrus the Great, 526, he frees the Jews in Babylon. He had a vision, a czar asked if one God vision that people ought to live in their indigenous home. People didn't free people in 526 BCE. You come to Denmark, 100 people perished because the king put on a star name and said, we're all Jews here. And then Nazis didn't know what the hell to do. You got a machine gun pointed at you and you say, give up the Jews and the gypsies and everybody else. Those, those moments of history of bravado got to be told. Michael, you were there for that. Um, how would you characterize his presentation? It's certainly a lot different than the usual. I mean, he was uh, a bit more political than uh, maybe the audience was expecting. A bit, right? Um, but but he he was he loved this topic, and he's uh, you know got a master's in history. Very entertaining. You know, it's he, RoboCop, right? Yes. Yes. And he was trying to present to us an idea, you know, beyond Star Trek and, and about, you know, the world in general and how courageous uh, certain people were back in the past. And I, it was very interesting. I had not heard the story about uh, World War II that he mentioned there. So quite educational, I thought. Richard? But, but he's a, a teacher also. Isn't he a professor at a university? Syracuse. And he does your one of your favorite shows, Engineering Empire. Absolutely. He was, he was uh, terrific. It was really a lot of fun. He had a little more to say, maybe more of, about some advice that he presented. First law of prosperity in Sanskrit, Hinduism. Find out what you really want to do and do that. You know, that's a simple statement, but he backs it up with, you know, exactly where it's coming from, the, the mythology behind it. He certainly was more than just that one clip. Um, he was really exciting and different to see. And you're not going to see that discussion that he's talking about on any talk show that he's on television. Make sense? Um, that same kind of point of view was brought to life by uh, Simon Pegg, who was at the convention. Follow your dream. It's very important that you do that, I think, as a person. If you can... You have to follow what you're kind of... I know, it sounds so cheesy, my God. But it is like, if there's something that you really love doing, do it however you can. Even if you have to do it in your spare time, do it. This is that, you know? Make time to do the thing you love doing. And that will make you happy. You know, simple, basic, simple advice that maybe you're at the convention and you're not expecting that, but you get an affirmation, let's say, from a star that you may, I don't know, respect in some way uh, on stage. 
Um, I think that it's uh, it's of interest. I think it's fun uh, to hear that other than just hearing, you know, w- what the Gorn had to say about uh, William Shatner and working with him. Not that there's nothing wrong with that, but this is certainly another dynamic that you see and hear at a Star Trek convention. Um, uh, there's also some advice given every so often. Let's see what Simon Pegg say about comedy. Do as many gigs as you can and get out and play clubs, you know. I mean, do five minutes for free and get people to like you and then they'll invite you back for ten minutes. You know, you just got to keep at it. And no matter how many times you die on stage, you go, you reset and you do it again. Never, ever take dying on stage as a reason to stop doing comedy. No, and uh, he, he's a comedian. Yeah, he was. He's a comedian in England before he started up. He's a writer, a director. He did Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I don't know if and just just to remind people like me who well I know who well, he he's is, a Scotty of the new Scotty right and he he wrote and directed Shaun of the Dead which was quite successful in a, in a zombie genre but it was a comedy as well and um, some others I think it was Paul was the name of it what um, a great movie yeah another one he wrote that one. Uh, so, you know, he had some advice. It wasn't just, you know, um, how long does it take to put on the makeup? You know, there's, there's other discussions going on. And let's hear what William Shatner give a little bit of uh, advice. I, I directed Star Trek V. So I suggested the story of Star Trek go, we go in search of God, we find the devil, and we escape. No, he can't do God. What happens if it's an alien who thinks he's God? And I said, yes. And that compromise led to the gutting of the story. When do you say, I am not doing that because that's against my principle, or I will do that, but I'll make three steps if you take two? So, I mean, I, I think I've made the point here, but there's, again, different kind of discussion. He's talking about, the, you know, what you go through with your career and in life and when you should compromise and, and when not. Uh, Richard, do you have anything to say about my theme here of the substance of what you're getting from these people? He- just what we've already uh, said earlier, Douglas, some of the actors come on, they have really nothing to say other than ask any questions, you know, bless my baby. And then you have others that really do provide you with a lot of insight and, um, and some thought provoking stories or comments. Michael, anything to add? I agree 100% with what Richard said. Did you take anything from this convention, any of those clips we talked about? Did that reaffirm anything for you? Did, did you would you suggest that, that that had any effect on you whatsoever? I mean, do I think it's going to change my life in some way? No, I don't think so. Right. But what did you think of hearing shot it? Down the whole, he just right. shot down the whole segment. Though. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, I mean, I already, I already have that, uh, you know, desire in my life to follow my dream to do what I think is right but but there's what is the makeup of the people listening to this give me an age makeup of what you what you saw in the audience listening to these uh, this presentation there are children there are people middle aged like unfortunately we are and there are uh, and there are people in probably in their 70s and older um, they're all there for the same reason uh, you know people bring their children who then get involved um, and whether the actor has something really profound to say or whether it's kind of uh, ordinary, it's still a lot of uh, – it's still very interesting okay. and, and always fun. And I also found it interesting to hear um, the references from Peter Weller to history, the, the references to you know, never giving up and so forth. You know, for a younger person, if I had my daughter there you know, if they, or son and, and they had respected these, these actors – um, I think it may be more impressionable for a younger person, but it's positive uh, messages. Have you heard any negative messages or some experiences maybe with Harlan Ellison that, Richard, you, you um, uh, had a little uh, difficulty with? Or no, is it always positive? You know what? I did not enjoy him to the point that 
after a while someone's speaking and all you hear is wah, 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 meaning I don't even remember what the man talked about other than I, I felt it was degrading and insulting to the who, audience. Who was that? Now, that's a writer this? of one of the episodes, and he's won many awards. His name is Harlan Ellison. He, he wrote City on the Edge of Forever, which The Guardian, which we referenced previously, um, uh, was a member part of. And But he was just inanely talking about himself and how mm. wonderful he is. Oh, and how many women he slept with, uh, what, what, a thousand or whatever. Yeah, we literally it's got like, up and walked out on that. That has no, no place at a store. Star Trek convention. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking about your accomplishments with women, I mean, Trekkies he can't. Was can't we can't to relate that. to that. Right? Can't relate to that at all. <laughs> but we have to admit that that was one of uh, many, many who were very good. So I don't think we should. Oh no! Just try to you know you need to kind of brush this whole thing. Give a you know paint the whole canvas. There's good and bad everywhere. Makes you appreciate somebody like Peter Weller. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Everything old is new again. Come on back for our final discussion of Star Trek conventions. Okay. Well, we're going to return to everything old is new again with uh, uh, Doug and Dave. Oh, okay. I got nothing else better to do. Got nothing else better to do. That's Jay Johnson, our friend from uh, Soap. And the uh, show we had listened to previously or presented, hopefully you've listened to if you haven't heard it. It's a great show. Go back to our podcast, which is on everything old is new again dot biz. We are back discussing all things Star Trek. You know, Star Trek also is not so bland and, and um, always discussing, uh, you know, philosophy or history. And the show itself has some, some musical backgrounds as well. I just wanted to play. I'm just throwing this out there. Change gears. This is my favorite song from Star Trek. Head to No more trouble in my body or my mind. Anybody remember that episode? I hate that episode. <laughs> I hate that one. <laughs> I reach, man. I reach. That's a little trivia question. That goes a little ways back. I just had to throw that out there for, for all you Trekkies or Trekkers, which would it be that would just absolutely flip over hearing that over the radio? Would never heard that before. What is it? Trekkies, Trekkers, Trekkies? I, I thought you guys were Trekkers because Trekkies is. Well, we're Trekkalites. I thought we established Trek that. Trekkalites, yeah. right? Trekkalites, yes. Doug is the Trekker. Yeah. And that was a throwback to the hippies in the 1960s. Yeah, the reflection of the time of the day. That's, that's what I love about Star Trek as opposed to these shoot 'em ups. Uh, it's more of reflection of societies, and we examine that. Is there really Eden? Is there really, um, you know, can there be peace uh, across the board or not? You know. Anyway, back to the Star Trek convention discussion. We were at the convention taping what we've heard over the last uh, three shows. And I just wanted to throw out there a little bit of the outtakes of, of what we did because it wasn't always so serious and significant discussions. Um, we were sitting up in the uh, hotel room at the end of the, uh, the evening um, taping a little bit and, and having some fun. Let's hear what Richard had to say. Thank you, Douglas. The, thank you, Douglas. Most definitely. <laughs> Probably has no room. <laughs> Pardon me, it's, it's actually a little humorous, but it doesn't always want you hanging them all over the house. This is, this is all yeah, of course. But, uh, <laughs> so you, have you gone to anyone's home where they've... They <laughs> uh, <you> guys. <laughs> 
love it. I just can't get out of it. Hello, Douglas. Thank you for having us. No, Douglas. I, that's correct, Douglas. Yes, that's correct, Douglas. Yes. I love when you call me Douglas. That's, that sounds like I'm being called in to take the garbage out at home. Uh, Michael Dorn and LaFar Burton. Yes. <laughs> You seem to imply that you are on a search in Vegas for something special. Uh, Dave, you can take over from there. That's just wacky. You guys are... You know what it is? It's probably funny for to nobody whole... but us, but that was hysterical. I think we had too much Romulan ale, and we were trying to put the string together cohesive thoughts. You can hear Mike in the background just trying to be the voice of reason, and these two idiots just can't can't keep it together. Well, a full day at a convention. It's got to take a lot out of you. Make Actually, sure five days of conventions. Or the it was how long was a five day convention, right? It was four th- nights: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's crazy. All right, now I'm back to this is crazy. <laughs> I was with you for a while, but seriously, so four full days you guys showed up for this thing? Four full days, and we just we went for it. And guess what? There was a ton of stuff we didn't get a chance to see. You know, we didn't we didn't participate in all of it. We, um, you know, there's like Scott Bakula was doing his thing with a photo, uh, what'd you say, a photo opportunity, and at the same time, Peter Weller was on stage. We couldn't see them both. By the way, Richard, I don't know if you want to share Scott Bakula's story about. I don't know if we finished that thought about uh, what he did with the, the photographs we saw. Yes, um, you know, Scott Bakula. Wow, what a new level of respect and admiration I have for that man. During the autograph line, he's friendly with everyone, but. Um, there was a um, a, 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 a child know, with special needs. Special needs child, I think, severely autistic and maybe a little physically handicapped. He was taking picture after picture after picture, at no extra cost, spending so much quality time with this this poor you know poor girl. Uh, I just love the guy. After that, he was. It really showed what a good person he was, not just there to take uh, the money of the uh, of the people who were visiting, but really give something back. Right. So it was, it was uh, moving to see what he did. Because usually it's one photograph, you're out. One fo- he spent a good, I don't know, it doesn't sound like a lot of, period, a lot of time, but I'm going to say eight, ten minutes with this, with this person. And it made the person's uh, day for sure. If not, I don't know, whatever. Tremendous experience for life, you know. Um, Michael got a little insight on the next movie when we're at the convention. Scotty on the new in the new movie series. This was his first convention. He discussed that we're probably going to be seeing the third movie sometime next year, but it's supposed to be set in uh, deep space. Listen to that excitement. Do you hear how excited he gets? Yeah. <laughs> Michael, were you were you uh, were you excited to hear something new about the uh, the new movie? I was I was tired, but uh, yes, <laughs> very excited. You can do. We just have this as the background now from now on. The um, you know, there was some criticism that the the second movie took place uh, much too much in San Francisco and uh, not enough in space where Star Trek belongs. So we're all looking forward to the third movie, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Dave, any questions left over? Did we cover everything or that you had in mind in terms of what's going on at these conventions? We haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> One thing I want to can I really ask questions? Yes, uh, get involved. So, look, you guys uh, have this passion, I understand, but it's also not something that, you know, just comes up in normal conversation, I imagine, right? So, when, how has it affected you? Maybe each one of you can just briefly talk about it. I'm just curious as to, like, when you, quote-unquote, came out of the closet about this, 
with a significant other in your life, whether it was a girlfriend, whether it was your wife, or, or maybe a, another good friend. Did you feel uh, awkward about doing it? And what was the reaction when you, when you actually told someone how deeply interested you are in this? Michael? Well, it's been no secret since I was uh, you know, five years old that I was a science fiction fan. So uh, my wife, if, uh, if, that, if that wasn't going to be good for her, uh, she was going to have to learn to, learn to uh, uh, enjoy it with me, which she has. Um, so I don't think there's anything to be uh, embarrassed about. It's, uh, I, think, I think more people should enjoy Star Trek and not less. Richard? Yeah, I think for me it comes up more in casual conversation. I mean, patients might be in my office at a certain point, see a, a Star Trek um, autograph photo on the wall or in my house. The basement theater area, there's a lot of Star Trek uh, memorabilia. Um, uh, someone will say, hey, I love that show. And then all of a sudden it strikes up a conversation. But I'm talking about when you, uh, now you guys are a little older, you're comfortable with it. But, you know, when you were younger, when you were on a date, when you were getting to know your wife. I never spoke about Star Trek when I was on a date. Right. No. So when did it, when did she kind of get the reality of right the situation. At, I understand your question now, David. After we were married, I would watch at 11 o'clock, The Odd Couple, 11.30, The Honeymooners, and 12 to 1, Star Trek. And after, you know, a week of that, I think she began to catch on. <laughs> what, was, what was her point of view? I mean, she's, she's very uh, understanding of all of this. You know what? I'm such a blessed man. That, that woman I can do no wrong with. Great. Right. May I say one thing? My wife has a, a photo of uh, Counselor Troy in her office, so I have converted her. Wow. That's big. And my wife Doug. ignores that it even exists. In other words... <laughs> but, you, but there must have been some point where it was exposed to her that what a fanatic you are about the show. Well, yes and no. Um, in my later years, I, I don't even watch it so much anymore. I don't really watch the reruns. I, I'll go to the brand new movie, and that's about it. I don't talk about it. I tried once to... That episode we spoke about a couple shows ago about... Um, it's called Tapestry, where Captain Picard dies and is given an opportunity to change his life, fate versus free will. I turned her, tried to have her watch that one time deep into our... Uh, relationship and she literally fell asleep like five minutes in and then uh, we have a joke now she says you know she woke up at some point she said, I said did you watch that show what did you think of it I, I don't know there was something about a Norsekin and that's that was the alien involved. Uh. and that is all she knows about Star Trek and if you ask her a question we will laugh and just say that's what she'll say something about a Norsekin so she's totally on the periphery and it's not a cornerstone of my life other than the four days that I go to Vegas right and my philosophy of life has certainly come from that. And my excitement and my Peter Pan type of attitude towards life comes from Star Trek. Hey, no doubt. You guys agree with that? He reminds awesome. me of Peter Pan, yes. <laughs> Look, if you live the, uh, the life that Star Trek portrays, uh, it can only lead to good things. Cool. How do you like that? Well we'll said. end on like that. that. Well Very said. Good. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, David. We will be back with everything old is new again next week. Off. We are back. Everything old is new again, and we are finishing our discussion, our three-day discussion of Star Trek conventions. If you haven't heard all of them, please go to our podcast at everythingoldisnewagain.biz. Dave, what do you think? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm into Star Trek, not to the extent you guys are, but to me, I remember being a little kid, and when Star Trek was on at 6 o'clock, you know, it was in reruns at that point, uh, my brother and I would sit in front of the TV with dinner. My mom would make dinner, and she knew we always wanted to watch Star Trek. So 
Captain Kirk, you know, he reminded me of my dad a little bit. He was sort of like, yeah, he's a father figure, you know, especially when you're a little kid. He's the leader of the ship. Um, and I think, you know, after listening to you guys now, I'm thinking back and to a kid, I, I did learn a lot of lessons from that show. And it might not have sunk in with me at the time on a conscious level, but but now I know it did. Uh, there were a lot of social issues that were addressed, um, a lot of things that made you think, and it shaped the way I see the world and and my brother definitely who is again he's sort of like between me and you guys like he's not he's he doesn't go to the conventions but he's really into it and he has memories of him and i sitting there too as little kids so it's something he and i just share um which which means a lot to me um and i can get very emotional about that but um after listening to you guys talk about it i i get i don't want to call it fanaticism because i don't think it is but you know, I get what it means to, to each one of you, and, and it was really cool to, to kind of listen to it and see that you guys kind of stick together and do something as a group, and whatever that passion is that brings you together, there's, that's what life's about, right? So, Absolutely, and uh, speaking of which, we are passionate about our show. Um, this Everything Old is New Again is continuing. It is one hour long. We're going to go on for quite some time, so please tell everybody you know. Spread the word. We are everywhere. Everything Old is New Again. Come on back.